sexy with that one Ooh, who was that? love that groove oh yeah that is uh Aaliyah sheffield and the name of the song is earth is ghetto um which feels poignant for this moment uh let's get it world hello it's been not as long as our last time so hopefully you didn't miss us too much welcome to episode 197 just 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 getting real close to that 200 which i know y'all are looking forward to mm-hmm. episode 197 uh, here it's coming. What? It's, it's coming. Like, I am looking forward to it. It's pretty amazing we even made it this far. I mean, there was a while yeah. that we didn't think we'd even make it to a hundred. Now we've we've doubled that almost. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> hey. You're welcome, Fluffy. That's right. Yeah. Good time to be alive. Uh, today is Thursday, November second, in uh, 2023. This is being recorded at 6:34 p.m. Mountain Time. Yeah, joined today by core crew, John Kelly in the Denver metro area. What up? What up? What up? Um, good to be back. Glad to be hanging with you guys. Um, even if the content isn't always fun to talk about, um, it does feel good to be able to to vent and talk about it a little bit. So um, we'll get to it. But uh, nice to see both your faces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes, and the other face, lovely face we're looking at is John Anderson, also Denver Metro area. Hello. Hello. Uh, I think it's referred to as Mountain Mean Time. Mountain Mean. On this podcast. That's right. Mountain Mean Time. You're right. You're Um, right. right. Excuse me for the mistake. Number one. And then number two, have we ever had cheery content on this podcast? I think like our our purpose is to get on here and talk about stuff that's uh, not great. This is why the hockey, hockey takeover is a bit. Because it's it's a bit. It's funny. <laughs> that's yeah. That's true. That's true. I remember uh, the tech talk being pretty uplifting. The like, tech yeah. talk was really fun. That yeah. was really great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we've we had that. some fun. When we play games, it's usually I, a fun uh, one. That's right. Even if the contest. That's true. We you know yeah. That's right. Drafts. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So come on. Yeah. We keep it. We keep it fun. We keep it light here on in America time in 2023. Time. Not today, uh, but I am your hostess, Mostis, and West Force correspondent, Tyler Grillo. Here we are. And um, it's almost fall here. It was like 70 something today. It's going to be 75 tomorrow. And then after that, it says it's going to get cold. Let's find out. Let's find out. All right. sure. We got our first oh. snow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I saw because I, I, I always snoop what's happening in Colorado weather. So I saw yeah. that. Yeah, we got inches. Nice wet one. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Good one. yeah nice yeah, wet one. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I did. I was, go ahead, John. I did have to drive down 36 though in it. And it was, um, it was, it was a challenge driving. People were like losing their fucking minds. Dude, I was going to say the exact same thing. I was driving up 36 on saturday night after the street light show it's like midnight 
and the like the alignment's a little off of my car, so I was fishtailed oh, no. in and out of lanes. But luckily, everybody was going like 35 and giving each other plenty of room, so there was no accidents. That's but I was good. like, I am the one fucking up, <laughs> and it's completely my car's fault. Um, I just I always remember in those situations what what your dad told me, John, about driving in the snow, which was like, just think about like your mom on the on the passenger seat with like a cup of milk in her hand and it's like you're <laughs> just you're just you're just putting a little bit of pressure on the brake just a little bit you don't want to yeah. oh wow look at we that. love that shout yeah. out to pete, pete. Um, shout out pete uh we were coming home from the the boulder game and i definitely was in like full dad mode and was like leave like 30 minutes early 36 is gonna be a mess people don't know how to drive i also had a player from chicago be like people don't know how to drive in colorado and i had to i had to control myself to be like excuse me (laughs) i can say that but you can't say that you're like also what you're thinking are people who can't drive are all Texans who moved here. Yeah, yeah, are not actually Coloradans. Yeah. Talk to right. me as a Colorado native and we'll have a drive off in the fucking snow yeah. and we'll see how this I was like <laughs> yeah. I had to defend I felt like I needed to defend Colorado honor, but what I really did was I shut the fuck up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to Colorado Corner today. We're going to talk That's, about yeah, yeah. snow and driving. <laughs> we're talking about snow shit. Now, let's 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 zoom it out. We'll zoom it out into <laughs> Less fun content. Less fun content. Guys, we're getting um, so old. We're going to start talking about like mowing our lawns and like cleaning out our fucking gutters on this. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, good. You know, I uh, emptied out my shed this week. Uh, there's some old paint in there. Yeah. You had to had to take that down to the refuse center to correctly uh, dispose of it. All right. Um, that, that, you can wait till we're. And then we're going to put it on the internet. You're welcome, gonna, everybody. They're gonna, it's going to be high quality content. Um, well, <laughs> Started speaking of high quality content. Uh, the opposite of that, I don't know. I got no transition. But the we want to start here. So we'll have a little grab bag um, today of updates of issues, um, beginning with Gaza, uh, Palestine, Israel update. You can hear in my deep breath of just uh, that. Um, it has now been not quite, but almost a month uh since um so i think it has been four weeks right i think it has been four weeks it was uh, on the seventh of october yeah but you know right. four weeks is 28 days it's anyways yeah. it doesn't matter yep. whatever yep. close yep. um since uh hamas's attack uh on on israel and then the subsequent um use uh i mean you know one one could say retaliation but one could also say uh ethnic cleansing and genocide using that attack as an excuse um and you know 1400 dead in israel which is terrible more than that and now over 9000 uh, palestinians dead 37 over 3700 of them children um by the the statistics that, that we were given and uh no end in sight no end in sight netanyahu said he's not going to stop attacking he's not going to consider a ceasefire and the united states is continuing to give the aid and the bombs and the things that we do uh and just a few days ago um it seems that what the israeli government is calling phase two has begun uh which in gaza which is now they're continuing to bomb but they are sending troops in on the ground um as well they're not calling it a ground invasion but uh that's what it is that's what that's what it is basically uh still no humanitarian corridor open through egypt 
although they're trying to they said like maybe there's some foreign nationals but it's like 200 people i think or so. it's not a lot is my understanding there's, there's some foreign nationals who have now been able to get out on that side and there are a paltry amount of aid going through there um but it's not nearly enough for um the civilians in gaza so um yeah i mean it's bad it's very bad um i do think israel has you know like tyler and i on the last podcast that that i was a part of i think we will have some um this is a very complicated issue so i think we will have some different points of view on this i do think israel has a right to defend itself um i do think that action military action is required in response to this um but i think that they're making a similar mistake to what we did after 9-11 which was um this should be a counterterrorism uh response which is targeted um and um uh narrow uh and instead it's pretty much a full-on war at the moment uh, which is probably creating a lot more um uh extremists than it is preventing and by preventing yeah. i mean killing and, and so 100% this is probably more deaths than needed to happen on the civilian side for the palestinians yes. that's for sure yes um so you know, I, this I, is I one thought of those, you guys the, this is one of those operational where it they are probably you know as far as the military operation being quote unquote successful by the goals that they have set uh but it's probably a strategic own goal because they're creating many more enemies uh in the region and in gaza than they're eliminating so um it's it's bad it's bad for everybody and yeah you know, as... go ahead go ahead and now i was just gonna say i thought you guys did a, a good job last time of putting in some good context and um, really trying to, to line out the long history there. That's really the the underlying cause of a lot of this, um, a lot of the fighting. Um, but I'll just say from, from my own perspective, the thing that I've been most disappointed about is the, the international community seeming to, dig into sides and plant a flag on one or the other rather than from a true humanitarian standpoint, which is that atrocities on both sides are atrocious, should not happen. And we as an international community should work together to stop that from happening on both sides. Right. Um, And it's uh, the discourse has gotten really, really bad very quickly as it continues to happen. Um, And I've been disappointed by the response to this point by the United States. Um, I would like to see more of a push for a ceasefire, period, stop, end all at this point without any more support until there is a better movement of civilians out of Gaza um, and then can figure out how to do that. There's a point where it goes we become responsible when we look at an ally and we go, Hey, don't make the same mistake as us, but go ahead and do what, do what you feel like you have to do, which is kind of the line we're walking currently, which is a dangerous line to walk. Um, And and I don't, there have been, there's been lots of 
reporting that, um, and again, this is reporting, we have not necessarily seen this in the public view, but that um, the Biden administration has been a lot more firm on those types of things in private than they have been in public. Um, yeah. However, like the public statements matter too. So, um, you know, it's it's been tough. And yeah, Kelly, like I have been very disappointed in, um, and, and a little disturbed in the rush to be on team Hamas or team Israel. It's like, that's absolutely the wrong way of thinking about this. Uh, civilian deaths is bad, period. End of story. It doesn't matter who. And so, and, and there's been a dramatic rise in Islamophobia and anti-Semitism in this country, both of which are making me very nervous. Um, I, I very, very much do not like the way this is headed. And I don't think many people in the international community have been, and, and, you know, leaders, individuals, civilians, normal people, at, there's lots of, of, um, I don't want to say blame, but a, a lot of um, negative things. And I wish that people were having some more perspective on this and and just saying like, war is bad, period. Uh, and Israel has a right to exist and also Palestine has a right to exist. And all of those civilians have the right to live their normal, boring lives, uh, which we're not allowing that to happen right now. And so, um, you know, it's it's... It's tough to see a way out right now, especially because this is millennia years old, if you want to start the clock there. And so, um, but it, it, it feels like we're headed, this is going to continue to escalate. It feels like this, we have not. Right. Right. Which is, which is why I was saying I was so disappointed in some of the public facing statements by the U S yeah. as the biggest ally and really the a, a lot of the backing funding and militarily behind the state of Israel, we have every right to come out and say, absolutely not on our dime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not like we're your allies and we will help you, but we are not going to allow you to commit war crimes against innocent civilians, which is exactly what's happening. Right. Yeah. On all accounts, that's exactly what's happening. I am, I am not going to throw the word genocide around. I don't think that one, it is a true genocide that's happening. And two, I don't think it's truly helpful for the conversation. It brings up too much negative context to be, to have people work towards a positive solution here. Um, I understand why people are using it. I just disagree that it's actually that. Um, but, you know, if anybody is going to work to really get a ceasefire to happen here, it's us, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're the ones that have to step in and do it. And um, without without that push, it's not. It's certainly not going to happen. Israel's not going to do it on its own. They have yeah. all the power in this situation, and they're not going to back down, especially not with a far right wing government under Netanyahu. They totally. have no intention of doing anything like that. So, yeah. and uh, like, like I said, Israel has a right to defend itself. I think they should conduct um, military operations after October 7th, but uh, the, uh, you know, shutting off of water and electricity to Gaza is tantamount to collective punishment, which is a war crime. And so, you know, that the basically a, 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 a territory wide siege of Gaza, I think is um, 
a dramatic miscalculation uh, and is going to lead to a lot more pain. And ultimately what we want here is Israel, Israelis and Palestinian civilians to be safe and be able to live their lives. And the actions taken basically by everybody is getting us farther away from that. Yeah. Than as like, closer. as far as it was from a possible two state solution, um, given the last 10, 20 years, um, it's even farther now. It seems yeah. like basically an impossibility at this point. Yeah. Um, which is a real issue when you have millions of people living that close to each other. Right? You won't have peace until there is a two state solution. You just won't have it. And so um, it's, 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 it's bad. I've, I've been silently fuming over here for a few minutes. I know. Minutes. I could um, see it in your face. And, uh, <laughs> I kept you know, waiting for you to just step is, in and tell us to shut up. <laughs> this is an example of, you know, how you can have conversations where you disagree. I disagree about, with a lot of what you all said. I agree with some of the things. Um, I don't know what else you call a mass carpet bombing of a population other than a genocide or an ethnic cleansing. Um, I don't know what you call that. Um, and I also think it's really important to look at the broader context of who has the power and the resources and what is really the aim here? What is really the aim? Who, who has the power? Hamas is an outcome of Israeli oppression, right? Because Israel's not just been like, chilling, we're hanging out. Netanyahu is actively funding settlements and arming people in the West Bank. If you look at the maps, they're intentionally cutting off so that Palestinians in the West Bank have to go through all these checkpoints, right? It's an apartheid state where Very Palestinians true. have have less rights than, than, Israel, than Jewish Israelis, right? Like Palestinians inside of Israel have less, right? So it is an apartheid and, state. And push for further and further settlements onto Palestinian land where, yeah. you know, was outside of most agreements that they ever made and were specifically doing it to, yeah. to make sure that uh, Palestinians suffered. That's that's true too. Yep. And 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 why does Gaza exist in the first place? Why are there so many people in that place? It's because of Al-Nakba in 1948, when it, with the help of Western countries, after the establishment of Israel, which by the way, was a colony of Britain, which Britain decided that they would give to the Jewish people, um, because they were racist and didn't want to integrate Jews, even after the Holocaust, were still racist and did not want to integrate them into their own societies. So they're like, let's get them out of here. So there's that issue. Um, and then they expelled, they forcibly expelled those people into Gaza. And we don't really know, but somewhere between 10 and 15,000 people were killed. Palestinians were killed in that. And it's like, not just their land, like Israeli people moved into their homes, like their actual houses, you know, it's, it's like Palestinians still have key in Gaza, have keys that of, of their parents' houses, right? Like it's, it's right there. It's near. And it is yeah. in some ways. I'll push, I'll push back a little bit on just the purely European colonial take on this, because mm -hmm. it's not that all Israelis are just European descendants that moved there after yeah. World War II. There was already yeah. Jewish population in that area. Like, I think somewhere between 45 and 50% of current Jews are Arab Jews that were mm -hmm. that moved to Israel from other Arab countries in the last 60 to 70 years. Um, sure. So I think that the colonial conversation gets a little more murky um, the further you go into it. But um, the but in terms of, of the Western city. governments establishing yeah. a state for the purposes of having an ally in the region, as Biden said some years ago, and you can go look up that YouTube where he said, if there wasn't an Israel, we would need to establish one. It's the best investment that we make every year. He has said this. This is why he's not going to change his tune on this. He believes this, it seems to be deeply. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is like, when you start the clock, well, you know, just 2000 years ago, it's like, cool. 
they were, you know, they were forcibly expelled from there. And I just want to put into the conversation, you know, um, so your many European people, including some of my ancestors, were dispossessed from their, their land. There was the commons, um, and then they were those commons were taken away, and they were dispossessed from that land, which led them into industrial into the cities for during industrialization, which then eventually led to mass migration in the North Americas. So do I have the right to go back to the people who now are on that land and kick them out and go, hey, people took this away from me a few hundred years ago. It's mines now. And then bring a bunch of my friends around and forcibly keep pushing them back further and further and further into newer and fewer lands. I think it's important to think about things that could like other things in history that have not been dealt with differently. And just because a book says that these people should have this land and thousands of years ago, your people were there. Like, again, when you start the clock, we all came from Africa. Can we all just go back to Africa and just be like, it's mines now. Cause like some thousands of millions, you know, my people were here, right? So I think that one thing that I do agree on is that there has to be a way in which humans need to learn how to coexist without killing each other. And there has no, to be a stop. Thousand there percent agree with you there. Yep. <laughs> there has to be a like, we're going to stop doing this. And the people who have the ability to do that are the people who have the power and the resources and the institutions and the countries who have the power and the resources. Like if you're oppressing a people, they're always going to try to, because life does not, like liberty and freedom is somewhere deep within our bones and people will never, will never stop wanting to be free. Right. And when you have situations like this, right? The powers that be need to be like, okay, they attacked us. You know, I would say, if I was to be generous, I would say from my perspective, yeah, you do some very tactical military operations in order to stamp, you know, to, to really target those specific, you know, like cells of people, right? But then you also have to show restraint and Netanyahu is doing the opposite of that. In fact, I think he's been waiting for something like this. This is his quote unquote 9-11, which all they were all drawing, where he now has the political capital to be able to fulfill on what he's been wanting and has been demonstrating that he is doing in places like the West Bank this whole time. And so yeah, I, I mean, think it's Hamas, not just- a... um, Hamas has been his best political partner in yeah, the region he because it them. allows him to, to rally his base up, to secure yeah. more power and to, and at the same time, it also hurts Palestinians more. So it's- Yeah, and Hamas yeah, is not helping either, obviously. Like, you know, it's not like, but like that is just a symptom that will always happen. As again, we in the United States have learned and should know, and and we're just watching it again. So anyways, thank you for coming to my rant. It's not a TED, Ted talk, talk. rant. Um, mm. one, one thing I, I just wanna add uh, to that, I wanna, yes, and you. Um, the colonialism component of this is very important, uh, but I don't think it is exclusively the intention of everyone who established Israel. Uh, there was also a very genuine and important uh, impulse after World War II to make sure that the Jewish people were protected. And the theory was if they have a nation state, they will be able to better do that. And they have been historically oppressed in those European countries and asking them to integrate into those places where they were secondary citizens, I think really um, does a disservice to the history of, of uh, the Jewish people in Europe in particular. And so um, 
as we've discussed many times, this is an incredibly complex issue. And so, uh, but it can be both well-intentioned and evil colonialism because societies are complex yeah. with complex intentions. Agreed. And, and, and at the and, end of the day, like Tyler said, if we're going to learn to live in peace, coexisting with each other, do not blame everyday Palestinians or Israelis for the actions yeah. by right. hawkish people that's within right. their government that yes. are aiming for a specific outcome. That's, right? that's why the Islamophobia right. and the anti-Jewish sentiment is so strong and scary right now for both sides. Yes, and I think it's, I think we need, and people primarily who listen to this podcast are on the left, and I think that people, I want to speak to them. Um, I think it's really important that we separate the actions of the Israeli state from the people of Israel. Of course. Uh, as well as the actions of Hamas from the civilian, from Palestinian yep. civilians. Uh, I think that's very important for what's happening in the Middle East. It's also incredibly important for what's happening in your community right now. Uh, there's a dramatic rise in anti-Semitism. There's a rise, a dramatic rise in Islamophobia, although we were pretty high levels there anyways. And so um, when we're having these discussions, I think we need to be very careful and sensitive to those issues because the extremists uh, on any political side of the spectrum are going to hear that and do with it what they want. And so I think it's very important that we um, are able to have this discussion without with with all of the nuance possible. Yeah. In the end, I'm against imperialism, you know, like it's 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 all a chess game of, you know, who who's really that oh, this is all like a chess game for the people, you know, like the big actors on the main stage, like re what's Russia going to do? You know, what's fucking China going to do? You know what I mean? Like everybody, you know, Netanyahu's getting his like rocks off and doing his thing, right? And I think that, and, and it's the civilians out always who are the ones who suffer, you know? Yep. The, always the masses the of humanity will always have to suffer. <laughs> yeah, um, there we go. To, to yeah. quote a friend. But uh, perhaps before we throw too many stones at someone else's house, Maybe we should look yeah. at our own house and talk a little bit about our own dearly beloved Republican Party <laughs> and the House <laughs> of Representatives here, because uh, yeah. there's plenty of improvement we can do here domestically. Uh, Boy, has problems. that been driving me just just bananas. I just yeah. Hey, but we got a speaker. Hey. Yeah, great. Awesome. Hey. It's really great. Maybe <laughs> another election denier. Yeah. yeah, his name is Mike Johnson. He's elections. I don't know. Nobody really even knew who the fuck he was uh, before. Um, a more soft sport than Jim Jordan. Great. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. a Christian nationalist. You're, yeah, is this, is this, I don't really know that much about him, but this yeah, is he's he's very he's, much so. He's yeah. bad. He like he's, he's bad. one of those the Earth is six thousand years old kind of people. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Right. Amer America was made to be white Christian descendants. Yeah. To, yeah. to owning control. Uh, well, well, this will come up in a, a bit, but he said um, uh, mass shootings are because of the human heart, uh, not the, uh, like sickness in the human heart. Uh, and also maybe because of like 
non-Christian values as opposed to, I don't know, assault weapons. So, um, yeah, he's great. If everybody just prays and believes the exact same thing, it does the exact same thing altogether, then there's no room for people to have dissent and hate each other and shoot each other over stuff. You see how that works? You see how that works? If you just if you just pray to the white Jesus, pray. and I mean the white white Jesus, <laughs> the, the blue eyed blonde haired Jesus, the one from Missouri, right? Yeah, the Missouri Jesus. If you pray yeah. to him, everything is good. Now we're talking. I mean, I've heard a lot of thoughts and prayers, and it ain't nothing changing. So I don't know. They're not praying hard enough. I'm just, I'm just uh, saying. Disagree. Our, things are not only not changing; they're getting worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who you're praying to, but it's going um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, in the end, again, the speaker obviously has the duties and the power of the speaker, but um, it, it's not like this guy has a, one vote can still get him ousted. One, one vote of no confidence can bring to the floor, you know, the fucking vote again. So it's not like um, who knows how long he'll be around, but he seems like in the um, vein of the people who uh, Matt Gates wanted to get in. And so Plus one victory to Matt Gates, I guess, which great. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, he you came, he don't came like out to see said, him winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gates came out and yeah, said it. Like, it was like this is this is MAGA ascendancy in the House, and if anybody who doesn't believe it is not paying close enough attention, which is a total self congratulatory jerk off by him yeah. after <laughs> yes, um, destroying right, right? policy in this country for five weeks, basically just so he could, yeah. you know. But he's right, but he's not right in the way of like, it's the people I'm like speaking, it's the, they're fucking up the systems, which is what they've been intentionally doing because they don't like government. They they don't like democracy. Yes. They like they like fascism, authoritarianism. Uh, so like they are, this, this is success. This is what they've been trying to do all along. And yeah. there is going to be less of it. They're going to be more of it now. I was thinking about this today and I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of like base things that this country has wrong right now, but one of them is just like the difference between people who think that rules apply to everybody and the people who are like, rules don't apply to me. And we see that with Trump. We see that with the MAGA uh, base uh, where, you know, it's, it's, um, I get to do whatever I want to you, but I am free from you. I'm free to do to you and I am free from you. Yeah. And uh, it just drives me nuts. It's like trying to play a board game with someone who cheats. Yeah. And you're just yeah. like- Complete, c- Continues to move the goalpost, like reshuffles the cards all the time, like doesn't, yeah. doesn't care that they're cheating because and, at the end, it's all about them. Yeah, and it destroys the game. It's like people who cheat at solitaire. I'm just like, why? Like, why are you doing this in the first place if you're if you're doing that? And it's um, you know, it's it's kind of like quippy, right? But it's a really big fucking problem because that's how we have been able to not have a disintegration of our country because we all because really we're an empire, not a country. And yeah. we all have agreed to the same rules and we have a, a substantial political movement in this country right now who has decided they don't want to agree to those rules anymore. And so with with our boy, Mike Johnson, being Speaker of the House, if he continues to do so, which I would bet money he won't by the time 2024 rolls around, um, <laughs> the House has to certify the election of the president. Yeah. Right. And is he going to do that? I think the answer is no, unless that yeah. name has an R next to it, and maybe even only if it's Donald Trump. And so um, that has 
that's a way to disintegrate a country, uh, yeah. which would be bad for everybody, including Mike Johnson. That's yeah, the thing. Totally. Yeah. And another another way to look at it, if you don't like the cheating metaphor, is just think about them as a giant baby <laughs> who's kicking and screaming because they can't get their way. You you know the like all the balloons that popped up during Trump's presidency of him in a diaper that people yeah. would like carry around. That like to me, for someone who's trying to act like a sane, rational adult, that's what the Republican Party seems like to me. We don't get our way, so now we're gonna kick and scream and tear everything down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, because this, because we're right and we don't care if you don't believe us. And it's uh, terrible. But unfortunately, ahead, the Republican. Yeah, I'm just unfortunately, the Republic. I agree with you. And unfortunately, the Republican Party has become the epitome of a political institution that is just and like most political institutions have this in some form or but they are just blatantly only about gaining power and getting for themselves whatever wealth resources whatever uh business deals that they can for themselves because we've talked about this over and over on the podcast again but it's like they just keep driving uh social issues wedges with social issues to get voters and they do not do things that actually help their constituents you know they actively go against them in many of these things but they're able to maintain it and and it just goes to show that if so if that's your thing and not actually wanting to run a government then you're not going to want to run a government a democracy you're not actually going to want to do that which is going to want to run a government yeah, 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 just yeah, anything 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 because they just are trying to hoard things for themselves and what's again so funny about that is that like it works to a point right it works to a point until everything falls apart and it's like well how do you think you get your money through credit cards and banking like how do you think you know and it's like all that shit is going to collapse if you if you keep going in the direction you know that it's, you're going it's like with the debt ceiling you know it's it's like if you destroy america's credit rating because you're mad about you know spending 5 billion dollars as opposed to 4.8 billion dollars or whatever uh yeah. you personally will suffer and your children will suffer more and so we all this goes back to like basic political philosophy we all trade a little bit of our freedom to make sure that a uh, society is able to run in a functional way so that we don't revert to the state of nature yeah and so it's just it um what it feels like to me is is a political movement based around participation trophies yeah. And <laughs> it's 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 very frustrating it's like guess what coming, coming from a group of aging people who hate participation trophies who think that it's everything that's wrong in society and that's what's so ironic about it. yeah exactly <laughs> right. who do you who the fuck do you think we're giving us those participation trophies <laughs> i, we, know, I was thing. six like yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you what do you want from me man and yeah. so it's it's you know what you lost and do better the next time instead of yelling at the referee like yeah. that's that's what we're supposed to do here and that also by the way is the way to create a better society for everyone over the long term yeah so that you know be thinking about your grandchildren like the, you're setting up the ball for them so um it's just it I went on a rant the last time we were on a podcast. Uh, I was on a podcast because um it there is a special tick that I have around 
bullshit incompetency. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I would I, at some level, if you're really good at what you do, even if you're an evil bastard, I will respect you a little bit. But if you're just bad at shit and not trying, I cannot handle that. It drives me absolutely fucking up a wall. And yeah. we have a political party that exists around that. Right. They now. have they have pushed so out the competent and centrist lawmakers that actually care, who care about the future of the country. They have slowly but surely pushed them out over the last decade. And what you have left is like the D team of like the true Republican totally. Party. Yeah, right. Totally. And that's and that who that's who now has the power. And they're looking at him and it's like it's no wonder they can't get their own house in order because they don't know what they're doing at the no, really at yeah, the core of it. They're um, bad at their jobs. Um but, they control half the power yeah, <laughs> in the federal government, and it's insane. I mean, but, they yeah. broke Mitt Romney. Like, yeah. Mitt Romney's out there yeah. being like, zero fucks now. Like, ask me any fucking question, and I will answer it to the best of my ability. And it's like, that dude was your standard bearer 11 yeah. years ago. Yeah. It was not yeah. that long ago. And Yeah, he was he was nowhere near conservative enough. Nowhere near conservative enough. What you might, what even, what they call conservative. Yeah, like I don't even yeah. think that's the right term anymore because they share most of the same beliefs. It's that, um, I mean, uh, to me, it's that Mitt Romney follows the rules and is a decent, honorable man who yeah, I disagree with about basically everything other than decency and honor and democracy. Yeah. And I, I, I acknowledge that I do not have a monopoly on truth. And that one of the cool things about democracy is that we all have a different point of view with different life experiences and we get into a room and we hammer those out and we find a midpoint in policy that actually ends up working better than anybody's single idea. Like that's supposed to, that's how it's supposed to work. But if we have one team who is spending their whole, the whole game taking, to use a hockey metaphor, uh, taking their stick and just hitting the ref with it and hoping to win that way, that's not a good way to play a game. And in fact, you destroy the integrity of the game. And and then what do we have? We don't, we just have a bunch of assholes skating around at that point. So Chaos. yeah. Uh, and, and then it's like, well, now you don't get your roads built to move your goods and services around. And that's going to be a problem for you, business owner. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it with every ounce of my being, especially right now where we need, stain rational policy for a whole bunch of stuff including the last conversation we just had this is an incredibly sticky thing and we need people who are serious human beings out there trying to do their best as god has given them the ability to understand what is best but we don't have that right now and the literally the whole world is suffering because of it yeah and you know it is for protecting business interests and the best transition I can do between this and our final also depressing topic of the day is that it seems to be that the main reason that there are not stricter gun laws in this country is also for business reasons, because it's a huge money-making uh, yeah. you know, uh, industry. The, the, the NRA does not represent gun owners. It represents yeah. gun manufacturers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I if mean, you most... take my guns, those people are going to go out of business. That's a problem. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we had a, a dude who will remain nameless um, because we do not celebrate these assholes uh, shoot up a, a bar and a bowling alley in Maine, killed 
18 people and wounded 13, I believe is the numbers. Um, I kept hearing uh, it's the largest or it's the most deadly mass shooting of this year. (laughs) That kept on being the refrain. And that just broke me because Mm. that's such a high body count. It should be ever. But we have Vegas where like 50 people died or whatever um and so it's just it's this year and so we've started a market that way and it's an entirely the onion i love the onion because it just is like now speaking truth in headlines and whenever one of these things happen they do a post that says um nobody knows how how to fix this says country where it only happens in yeah yeah Right. And it's like, yeah, it, this is a, a solvable problem because literally every other equivalent country has solved this problem other than us. Yeah. And it, it's it, a look it, look at look at the Democratic lawmaker in Congress from the man. town that it yeah. happened. Right. Yep. He was yep. like, I have voted against gun regulations for years as a political motive. Right. And now he's like, mm-hmm. now it hit me in the home. So now I think it's time to do something about it. And it's like. How many times do we have to do this until every single person is personally affected by someone shot in their street right. to finally right. fucking do something about this? Like, I mean, there. it was yeah. I, when I listened to his speech, I was like, I know you're trying to make this into hey, I I understand I'm going to do something about it. But fuck you, dude. Like, yeah. you don't get a chance. I'm like, I'm so tired of that response by lawmakers ago. Okay, now I'm convinced that it's time to do something about it. Like, it's yeah. so terrible that it has to be one by one along yeah. this. And especially, like, centrist Democrats who don't do it. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I applauded and- that guy for changing, like – better later sure. than never, I mean, yeah, I, sure. I don't want to <laughs> not to see people change. I don't mean that. I'm just yeah, I, tired I, of I, it happening. Yeah. Happen. yeah. Yep. It's – um. It's a lack of compassion and yeah. empathy, right? It's like, oh, now this happened to me, and so I'm going to change it. Right. And it's right. or it's like, you know, Dick Cheney, who was uh, uh, on the left side of his party, which is crazy now to think, um, because his daughter's a lesbian, and it's like, well, right. guess what? There's a lot of other parents whose daughters are lesbian, and yeah. like, do you think about them, or do you think about the people who are like your daughter? And maybe you should be making policy around that as well as what has happened to you personally and your personal life. And obviously, like, that's hard for humans to do. But ideally, we're electing people who have that capacity. And that's absolutely a um, a thing you can have to say, this yeah. has not happened to me, but I can feel it to an, uh, another person. So, uh, but yeah, it does feel like right now we just have to wait until everybody has personally experienced a mass shooting and then maybe we're going to do something about it, but it's, um, well, there's a, there's a, there's a voting block of the kids who are experiencing at schools who are, you know, slowly becoming 18 and, um, you know, like you're saying, like if it takes people being personally affected by it, unfortunately there's more and more and more of those people you know Um, yeah i mean the amount of like um lockdown drills like we did fire drills right they do lockdown drills they do active shooting drills um and and that's terrifying you know like i i don't have kids right now but i have thought about if i did would i homeschool them in part because 
I'm worried about shooters. Like that's yeah. literally a thing I've thought about, which going back to like high school, me would be like, fuck you. But I have, I have thought about that because it, it is, it's, and it's also part of like, what is the trauma of having that risk and what should be the safest place you go to as a kid? Um, yep. I mean, I always felt very safe in my schools. And so it's, and, um, and we were on the, we are of the generation and because of our location that like, we didn't have a, we didn't do drills. We just actually got under our, t I remember actually getting under my desk uh, for a minute when Columbine happened. Columbine. Yeah. Yep. I have right. a distinct memory of Columbine. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and to get back, it's, it is absolutely based in the empathy aspect. That's where it is. It, it was a great article by the uh, Atlantic about a week ago, right after Maine happened. And the question, the main question of the article, and I think it's what we should start asking every person you see that owns guns, either responsibly or not, which is how many lives is your fun worth? Because that's basically what it is now at this point, right? Yeah. How much, how many lives is your fun worth? Because that's what it is. Most people will say that openly about assault yeah. rifles. This is not really for protection. Real gun owners know that. It's for their fun. So yeah. they can go out and shoot it out of range or shoot it, yep. you know. Yeah. Well, and it's a status symbol. And like how much, how many other people's lives are worth that piece so you can give yourself a thumbs up and said, I had fun when going and shooting my assault rifle a couple times. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Come on, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like it's you have to make that calculus, but we should be asking people every day that, you know, the, until that's I I think that all of the pro arguments for keeping an assault rifle in your home are facetious. Um yeah. like it's yeah. they're just it's just bullshit, all of it. it. Like the government protection, good luck against a fucking drone strike, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh you're the there is no marginal difference between your hunting rifle and an AR-15 when you're up against an Abrams tank. Sorry. <laughs> um, you're not defending yourself in your home as yeah. well as you could with a pistol with a small magazine or a shotgun. Or, oh, by the way, there's lots of evidence that suggests you are more likely to die with a gun yeah. in your home than you are from a burglary or home invasion. Yeah. You're way more likely to die from someone doing something stupid. Or, and also on top of all of that, Americans have a much higher successful suicide rate. Our life expectancy has decreased over the last several years for lots of different reasons, but in part because of what we call deaths of despair, which includes suicide. And it's much easier to kill yourself with a gun than it is with other means. And so we don't give people a second chance. And so there are many, many, many reasons to not own an assault rifle, and there are no reasons to own an assault rifle in your home, period. Um, and we can find compromises. Guess what? You can own one, but you have to keep it at a licensed gun range. Yeah, you could still have fun and shoot it at that point. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think what we have learned here today is that empathy is really important and we should be trying to apply it in international relations or in making policy or in just day-to-day -day interactions with each other. Uh, this world is scary and sad and brutal enough. And so just be kind to each other and Godspeed.
getting out on the street and the sick are dying cricket police politicians lying criminals on the street i got five on fuel if you need it from me i sit in the back if we're riding too deep I like the chill. I like the chill outro for that. Yeah. <laughs> After those topics. Totally. Bring it back down. Good Lord. Uh